This episode is brought to you by Oatbedian. For people looking for vegan-friendly and dairy-free alternatives, Oatbedian offers a series of powdered oat milk beverages that are authentically delicious and nutritious. These tasty products also come in easy-to-prepare sachets that one can enjoy at any time of the day. Oatbedian oat milk uses quality ingredients that are not only good for people but also friendly to the environment. Obedient products are low in sugar, does not contain palm oil or artificial colors and flavorings. They are made with simple ingredients that are non-GMO, contains no preservatives, gums or thickeners. Quote my goodness! They also have no fillers and no junk. They are available in three yummy flavors, oat milk, chocolate oat milk and oat milk with oats and chia seeds. So what are you waiting for? You can go to www.oatbedient.com to find out more. Do you want to know why your industry colleagues always have press interviews and amazing opportunities coming directly to them and you don't? Well, it's because they've harnessed their personal branding and they are consistent with it. Well, as the saying goes, people don't do business with a logo. They do business with a person. Brand identities are critical in business. They set you apart from competitors and provide potential customers with a mental shortcut to understanding your company. A brand incorporates elements like the name, vision, values, personality, and aesthetics, all of which come together to form a cohesive identity and playbook for the business. With strong brands, you know exactly what to expect from every interaction and that's no accident. Companies achieve this through consistency in every direct and indirect customer and stakeholder exchange, solidifying everything from product expectations to customer experience. The best brands are so good that we subconsciously choose and remain loyal to one brand over another because something about their identity resonates with us something like apple and samsung for example so now the question is this how can we build such a powerful brand then well thankfully today this branding experts and i have your back well in this episode we've invited two branding agents for business stars they are none other than tonya Eberhard and michael carr well let me say something about each of them individually because they are rock stars in their industry. All right. So Tonya is the founder of Brandface and branding agent to business stars. She's also the author of four books on personal branding and her humble career began while selling vacuum cleaners door to door to pay her way through college at, at that point of time. And that led to a job in radio where she observed local business owners who were featured in their own advertising and position as local celebrities in the market. That's when she realized the power of personal branding has on businesses. And almost two decades and many successful brands later, she founded Brandface, a personal branding firm consisting of four personal branding books, speaking series, and personal branding programs that are designed to help serious professionals differentiate themselves. Where has this very amazing and good-looking gentleman, Michael Carr, <laughs> he is America's top-selling real estate auctioneer and the abundant life broker. And during these 28 years of experience, he has been actively involved in over 78,000 transactions and license in as many as 31 states in the continental U.S. as a broker and an auctioneer. Well, not just that, he is also the, the on the heels of that success, he and Tonya have decided to co-author Brandface for Real Estate Professionals, which became a number one international bestseller on Amazon. Well, without further ado, you know, I, I would like to let this, you know, amazing souls into this episode and I don't want to take too much of the their time, you know, by introducing them. Wow, this is simply amazing profile. So, you know, Tonya and Michael, welcome to the Ragacy Show. 
Oh, it's thank really you. Nice having you guys here. Thank you. Thank you, Rayson. What a nice introduction. Yeah, very kind, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Well, uh, you know, when when I first saw your profiles on Pod Match, I was like, oh damn, this guy's is simply amazing i really want to pick their brains on personal branding and i'm really grateful that you know after i would say a few a few months of you know trying to get you onto the podcast and we finally have you here so well really really it's my honor and pleasure to have you here and how have you guys been Oh, so good. Very so good. good. Yes, I apologize. It took so long for us to get here, Rayson. But I'm oh. telling you, from the very moment, we wanted to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I mean, like, it's, um, it, it's, it, it took us a, a, a while. But of course, you know, it definitely when, you know, God and the universe aligns, everything will just align as well. And you, you guys are based in, I remember you told me that you guys are based in Atlanta, Georgia, right? Yes. So how how's how's everything over there? Busy. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> yes. You know, Michael's in the real estate business and there are a lot of people making that, you know, eastward migration, you know. <laughs> there are a lot of people mm -hmm. moving from the western side of the US to the eastern, especially southeastern side. So real estate's busy and uh and brand face is busy. So it, so it's a busy time around here, but we're very blessed. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Well, yeah. I can see that, especially like, you know, from your social media, I could see all the, um, I would say the posts and the podcasts you guys have and all. It's simply amazing. And wow, I, I really, really enjoyed, you know, watching the videos that you guys have as well. And I uh, just want to uh, ask you because like, you know, my audience is pretty mixed. They're not just from Asia, but they're from around the world. So. Can you share with the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Sure, sure. Okay, so um, I grew up in a small town in North Georgia, about 45 minutes from where I sit right now. Michael and I actually okay. grew up 45 minutes apart our whole lives and never knew each other until about 11 years ago. So, um, and we met when I was living up in Ohio and he was still down here in Georgia. So I, I grew up in a really small town. It was, it's known for um, making moonshine and car racing. That's what uh, Dawsonville, Georgia is known for. And I love the small town and I loved growing up there. Well, when I went off to college, you mentioned, you know, I sold vacuum cleaners door to door to pay my way through college and I got a whole lot of no's. <laughs> a whole lot. I've heard no more times than probably most people on the planet. But I learned a lot through that. And uh, I realized at that point in time that I needed to change the way that people saw me or, you know, kind of craft my story as I approached the door of their home if I wanted to get in the home and try to sell them a vacuum cleaner. Because honestly, nobody wakes up in the morning and looks out their window and says, gosh, I wonder when that, when that vacuum cleaner salesperson is going to get here. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that happened. And um, I didn't even know the term personal branding back then. This was back in 1986. 80, oh, some, somewhere wow. around 85 or 86, right? And so I, uh, it wasn't long. I did that for three years, um, did it really successfully, paid my way through school. And then when I got to um, the point where I took on the next level of career, I went to the radio world. And that's where I noticed that there were rock stars in the radio world and they were just business people. But the one thing they had in common was they were the face of their brand. And, uh, and another thing is they wouldn't let me in the door either. So I, because I was young, right. And they have so many people knocking on their door to sell them advertising. So, uh, they didn't let me in. And so I realized, okay, uh, the game has changed. It's now a bigger, harsher game. And so I had to once again, uh, change the way I was seen. Right. And so that really taught me a lot about presenting yourself in business, positioning yourself a certain way. And that's where personal branding came along. And so years, decades later, um, I would found Brandface uh, to help people do that, uh, change the way 
change how you're seen so you can charge what you're worth, right? That's that's one of our mottos. And so that was around at the same time that I met Michael, and I'll kind of let him pick up from there. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was in the I was in the real estate business in the southeast, close to where I am now. Um, and um, but I was an auctioneer. I didn't really sell real estate like at normal arms length transition uh, transactions that much. I, I auctioned property off farms and things like that, and cars and. Um, but when the mortgage debacle hit, uh, you know, 2006, seven through 2012 and 13, then I ended up being licensed in 30 states and all across the United States selling well over 70,000 transactions. And so when that began to, to, to pan out, we came back to uh, my hometown and I opened up a brokerage, a real estate brokerage. And as real estate began, began to come back, um, you know, I wanted to build that company. So I hired Tanya as a marketing agent. I didn't, I didn't know about branding either. And she, so I hired her to do my marketing and she taught me branding. And uh, I didn't even know she had written the first book. And then she was just putting my company and me through the personal branding journey. Um, and then, but it worked so insane good. Our first year, our uh, profits quadrupled. And they have, they have on an average doubled every year since then. So uh, the company has grown and grown and grown. When I hired Tanya, it was me and a secretary. And now we've got 22 agents across Atlanta. We've got satellite offices in Orlando, Florida, Knoxville, Tennessee, Greenville, South Carolina. And we've done it all on personal branding, on the, on the, the attributes of personal branding. Yeah, it works. Okay, I see. Wow, sounds like you guys um, had a had a had a good time together. I would say. I mean, like uh, you know, not knowing one another for almost like eleven years, because like you know, you guys are just staying just forty five minutes away from one another, and then after that, oh, um, chance just happened that you know you you got to hire her as a marketing branding expert to help you out with your business and then next moment sparks just boom and then after that you guys are, are married in a sense and, mm -hmm. and that was like 19 1980s right if i'm not mistaken we didn't meet until 2013 right right yeah 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 my my journey with personal branding and the media world began in 1988, actually. Yeah, I was selling vacuum cleaners before that. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of years passed, you know, and, and, but we've only known each other for the last 11 years. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. You guys have a really interesting love story and business story as well. <laughs> we do. <laughs> wow. Nice. Then, um, before we dive into the main focus of our interview, our listeners would love to get to know you a bit better. So can you tell us a bit about your backstory and how did you both become branding agents for business stars? Because I know that Tonya was actually in the, uh, you know, selling uh, vacuum cleaners. And then after that, she went to the radio. And then after that, she realized that personal branding is really important. And then boom, that's when she became a, like a branding agent for, for so many amazing uh, people uh, like you as well. Um, can you tell us more details about that as well? Like how you two actually became this business um, branding agents for business stars? Sure, sure. So when I was working with Michael in the very beginning, like he said, he didn't even know I was writing a book at the time. And the book was called Brand Face, Be the Face of Your Business and a Star in Your Industry. And it was written for business owners. And uh, I was putting him through all the principles of that. And it just worked so well. Like everything that we did together just seemed to click. Um, everything was successful. The marketing was working really well because of the brand. And so uh, it was. we were, had been working together for about a year and I came to him and I said, look, I finished the first book, but I would really like you to co-author a book with me called Brand Face for Real Estate Professionals. Mm -hmm. 
And so um, he agreed to do that. And that was really where the business partnership started to form. So it wasn't long after that that I said, okay, now let's do a book called Brand Face for Entrepreneurs. And because, you know, Michael was in the real estate business, but he's also an entrepreneur. And there are lots of entrepreneurs that need to know the Brand Face principles. So he agreed to that. And then I said, hey, how about you just become a, a partner in the business? <laughs> and that's pretty much how it went. Okay. Whoa. Nice, nice, nice. Oh, th this this is this is really cool, man. I mean, like uh, when you first met him and then helped him, and then after that you decided to have a book, co-author a book together. Well, oh, this this is where opportunity came, and and that's how you yes. actually you know use that opportunity to build even bigger brand for yourself and and every time a lot of a lot of times people will say that your book is actually like a name card for yourself and i i totally agree with, you, with that and wow amazing amazing and i just want to ask you right you know when you guys were actually building your businesses up be it brand phase or be it your real estate uh, i want to ask do you have a favorite failure of yours and how has a failure or parent failure set you up for later success. I, yeah, I, I know which one comes to my mind immediately. So uh, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always I worked when I when I got out of high school. I worked for a few months for one company, uh, engineering company, and then I left them and went out on my own. Um, I think first year I was in business, I made like six thousand dollars. Like it was just, I was hungry, <laughs> but I got this bright idea that I would get into vending machine business and oh. I did my research. So I met with vending machine guys and, uh, four or five of them. I found they were all like used car dealers, a bunch of sharks. And just, it's like you, I just, you know, I just knew sort of what I was getting into, but then I found this guy and he had this particular vending machine and I don't know why it spoke to me, but instead of buying like, one or two or five and spending like a thousand dollars i hopped my car and bought ten thousand three hundred dollars worth of these vending machines and this was like in 92 or three something like that i made four hundred dollars off of that investment four hundred thirty two dollars off of that investment yeah uh, but here's what it taught me um it taught me to do more research right um, and right. then um, it, for some reason, the knowledge of what I learned from that, though, helped me with dealing with people of the same temperament and and how to avoid pitfalls and traps and how to do enough research to know that I'm doing it. And the biggest thing that it taught me was to be committed to what I was doing. So right. the vending machines themselves were not failures and didn't have to be failures. The guy that sold them to me was a shyster, but he wasn't a liar. He covered his basis. So he, I couldn't say, hey, man, you lied. You tricked me. He didn't trick me. He sold me, and I was willing to be sold. So what the biggest lesson I learned out of it was I was not committed to being in the vending machine business. I was committed to being in the auction business. And so I poured all my attention to the auction business, and two years later was the first year that I made over $100,000 in income, and I was only 21. So the lesson that I learned was if you're going to invest in yourself you and you're going to invest in your time, you better be committed. If you're committed, you're going to be successful. If you're not committed, you're going to have a bunch of vending machines in the basement that you have to move every time you move houses to remind yep. you that you were not committed to the vending machine business. <laughs> <laughs> wow. True, true. I, I totally agree with you on that, man. I mean, like when you're not committed, then all the more uh, your business or whatever that you want to do will not succeed. And that's, you know, why your vending machine was actually uh, tucked in the basement <laughs> until you move your new house to your new house right yeah <laughs> so, yeah okay okay i understand i understand wow yeah i finally moved out of a house and left them in the basement i was tired of moving them and i moved out of the house and just hope nobody called me back to come get them and they didn't 
Okay. Well, I didn't even uh, know that part. <laughs> that's great. Well, that, yeah, that's great. And of course, uh, that's great for the person who found your vending machine. <laughs> Hopefully then uh, that person has the key or, or, or the equipment to open it up and take out the items if there's any items still in, left in there. I hope they made a million dollars in the vending I, machine business. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe they were committed to vending machines. Yeah, you know, never know. Yeah, somebody's yeah, life. You never know. Yeah, they, they, might, they might have used it to, to sell 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 the items in there and probably make a, a fortune out of it <laughs> maybe oh, yeah. right we'll, we'll never know <laughs> because of your commitment and, and how about you tonya uh, do you have any favorite failure of yours that you want to share yeah i mean i, I i'm not exactly sure you call it a failure because i pulled the plug on it but uh but it, it could it could have been a much bigger <laughs> failure if i didn't so i okay. i left home uh at about 19 years old and i was i i had had a previous theater scholarship at at the college that i was attending a small college near where i lived and i thought okay i'm going to the big time right i'm going to go I'm, i researched the top college um the, top theater programs in colleges throughout the United States. And it turned out that Florida State University had one of the top theater programs. So I went down there, didn't plan for anything, actually auditioned by the grace of God, got into the program and six months later left it because I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I hated it. What I figured out was it just wasn't me. Right. And, you know, I could look at that as a failure, but it would be a good, it would be failing up. Right. So that's right. cool with me. Uh, honestly, and I've said this many times, I just wasn't that good at it. And, and, and I think it goes back to what Michael said about being committed. I wasn't committed to that. I wasn't really committed to anything at that time, but I knew that I certainly wasn't committed to that. So uh, I like to, you know, go party a lot and socialize and go, you know, be active. You know, uh, I was an athlete, so I like to go play basketball. I was really trying to shirk my theater responsibilities every chance I got. So, so that failure actually helped me in a lot of ways to understand saying like that's not what i want and i think a lot of times what we don't want in life to realize that is just as or even more important than what we do want mm, i would agree mm, yeah i agree i agree and i i agree that you know back then you were young you're um i would say curious and of course playful and also at the same time not so committed we do not want to have definitely <laughs> Uh, at that point of time, you you just want to have fun and and you just want to explore and things like that. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people who are tuning in right now they would also agree with you on that. Like they when they were young, they were also once very playful, very um, I would say e even though they they can be introverted, but they still enjoy time and doing exploring a lot of things, a lot of things that are they are passionate in. And, and things like that. So it's something like you as well. And of course, um, I'm pretty sure that, you know, people who are tuning in, they would also be thinking and wondering, like, how did you actually, I would say, get to know what's your purpose? Because back then you were, you guys were actually still clueless. I, I myself was also clueless at that point of time when I was 19 years old. How do you actually pivot yourself to realize that, hey, this is something that I want to do? Good question. Uh, yeah. um, you know, I, when it came to being an auctioneer, um, that was something that had been in my my heart and mind for a long time. I, I first talked to, to um, other auctioneers um, when I first realized when I was seven uh, or eight, oh. something like that. I went with my dad to a car auction and I see this guy and I just like how he looked. I like his presence. Um, he was definitely a brand face, even though that didn't exist back then. He was, uh, you know, a prolific figure in the in the space and i liked it and he became a mentor of mine not the biggest mentor actually but a great mentor and um mm -hmm. and uh so that part of it it went away for a little while in my teen years and i explored like everybody else hey i want to you know i want to try this or that i tried to open up another business when i was in a senior in high school a mobile oil change business 
and um, and had a lot of support to do that. But the school wouldn't support me in the program that I was in. Um, and uh, but, you know, so I've had that spirit in me. Um, then I tried the engineering firm for a minute. And it's not really what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be out on my own. And that's when I tried the vending machine business. And I was like, no, that ain't it. And then I got so I, I poured my heart and soul into the auction business. And that's where I found my success. Um, and so I feel like I was fortunate, to be honest with you, that God showed me what I what I part of what I was going to do for the rest of my life at a very young age, you know, um, but um I definitely became passionate about that. The other businesses in my life, I did not think I'd end up in them. Um, I didn't think I'd end up in a real estate business like I did. I did not think I'd end up owning a real estate company. I didn't think I'd meet Tanya. But as these things unfolded in my journey, I realized how passionate I had buried a lot of what I love doing, talking on podcasts with people like you and other thought provo uh, provokers and leaders in space that, that uh, are teaching a lot of other people really great principles on how to grow their business. And so now I, I really feel like I've grown into the life I always wanted. Nice. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Cool. For me, it was, uh, I don't think, uh, race and I even really realized, um, that I had really hit on, on the purpose until probably just a few years ago. Because I was always doing something I enjoyed and I love branding, but it dawned on me one day why I loved it so much. And um, I grew where I grew up, um, there was a lot of alcoholism. If you can imagine, it's a moonshiners area, you know, it's a the um, you know, the capital of moonshine, right? So I, there was a lot of alcoholism. There was a lot of drug addiction in my own family, you know, both sides just filtered throughout. And I realized I, I would, I, I always felt like I was an outcast just a little bit because I would always question, why are they making those decisions? Why are they doing what, why are they behaving this way? What makes people do that? Right. right. Um, and, and I realized, you know, that, that could have been me right? Could have easily been me. Uh, but I always questioned that. And then I realized, you know, sometimes the only difference between a young person who is waiting on the next drug deal and one who's ready, you know, to head off to college with a bright future is just self-worth. It's really knowing yeah. their place in the world and why they're special, how they're different, what they have to offer the world. And that's when I realized, holy cow, this is how I ended up here because I believe so much in helping people, we like to say, unveil their inner star, right? And we believe right. so much in that. And it just dawned on me a few years ago. It's like, this is totally what I'm supposed to be doing. And so that mm -hmm. was kind of how I stumbled into mine. Oh, nice. Okay. Wow. Love it. I mean, like, uh, usually it will take some time for you to become an overnight success for you to actually realize that, hey, this is what I want. And then after that, when you put your time, effort and all, and that's where you actually get what you want. And when you said something about drug addicts, it reminds me of one of a guest that I had whose name is called Adam Japlin. So he was he was also here as well, and he was actually sharing about um, how he actually went through to, you know, from a drug addict to become a really successful entrepreneur. And all it all boils down to choices. And like what you mentioned earlier, it's all about the decisions that you made. And you were always pondering about, hey, why this guy and gal are still taking drugs? And why, why do they choose that? And I'm pretty sure, you know, probably it's also that thought that actually made you think that hey i, I want to do something different i want to i want to make an impact and i want to make sure that you know on google you don't get to see tonya Aberhart as a drug addict rather than mm -hmm. hey and su a successful entrepreneur in, in a sense uh, I, I i'm pretty sure that that's what you thought about it and it's like okay uh, how can i help these people and that's when you know you you started to realize that hey this is something that i wanted and and all and wow love it i really love the story that you had and i, I just want to ask you guys can you share with us like what's the best piece of advice you've ever received from your mentor okay i mm. i 
There's one that comes to mind. There's been quite a few, but um, the gentleman is now passed. His name was W.T. Howell. He never even knew in his lifetime that he was my mentor because I was really too young to express that. He was my branch manager for Electrolux vacuum cleaners in Gainesville, Georgia. And he was just a phenomenal man. And he he brought us in every Saturday morning, which as you can imagine, as a partying college student was not my favorite time to come in and do sales training. But I did it anyway. And he used to say one thing he said to me that has stood out for so many years. He said, you know, when someone says no to you, all they're really saying is, I don't know enough. And I thought, wow. And I've used that so many times in my life. So Mm -hmm. many times. It's like, you need to tell me more or you need to listen more, right? Whatever that is, I don't know enough. And I thought that was profound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And and this really rings a bell when you say that because it also reminds me of another guest who came on to to actually share. Uh, His name is Steve Seams. Um, He also shared about why haters are there and why they reject you in a sense because they sometimes they really hate you but of of another good reason is that they just want you to tell them more and bring them to a yes so i I, wow this resonates with me as well i I really love it how about michael it's hard that's hard <clears throat> That's hard. Um, I, but I'll quote my grandfather because I think that um, I think this is the wisest place to start anything you do. And grandpa would say the most important thing is to always keep the most important thing, the most important thing. And his, oh, yeah. point, his point was don't lose your focus on what you're doing. And I think that goes back to commitment. Um, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurs that are listening to your show here today, some of them struggling, some of them trying to find their footing, some of them trying to become successful at what they're doing. Commitment and focus on on that one thing is the key to it and not getting distracted yeah. by a thousand other you know, new shinies that are going to help you get rich or, you know, are going to explode your business or the next guy that comes around has got the greatest plan ever. And this is the only plan you need to make millions and just pay Grant Cardone and you'll get riding the jet and all that BS (laughs) everywhere in the podcast world and in the internet sales world. And what, what really, the way I look at it, racing is, Uh, Those of us that are in this space, that are in the podcasting space, that are in uh, internet marketing space, coaches, collaborators, content providers, authors and speakers and TED Talk people and all of that, what we all have is abundance of people that really do need our product. They really do. And uh, at the same time, we're also very vulnerable to being the first ones that buy somebody else's program. (laughs) (laughs) But what we have learned over time is you don't need that. So if your listeners are listening to me and they're entrepreneurial in spirit, all you have to do is dial in your personal brand and point that brand at your ideal customer. You don't need nothing else. That's all you need. And And then have as many conversations with your ideal customers as possible. And you you will make more money than you know how to spend. So there's my there's my advice. Okay, cool. Wow, love it. And uh, you know, uh, speaking of Grant Cardone, he he has been on my podcast before, um, and and uh, I I do agree with you on 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 that. Like uh, you don't have to pay uh, a lot of people a lot of causes to in order to be successful or or you know grow your 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 uh, business to and, and scale it up in in a sense um I, I i do agree with you on that and of course uh it's it's all personal like uh it's up to that person whether he wants to learn from this person or that person in a sense and uh it's it's uh, something that they they call as a personal development uh, or investment in themselves that's why they want to buy programs and all this other stuff and of course, you know, we're, we're not going to talk so much about this. And, you know, let's switch gears a bit and go to the main focus of our interview. So just now you actually shared something about branding as well. And 
I, I want to ask you, what is the difference, you know, between branding and marketing? <clears throat> Good question. Okay. This is the way we define it. And we think that it's very confusing in the world out there because you have right. so many people using the word branding and it doesn't really pertain to what they're doing. Um, branding, uh, marketing is any kind of platform. What we're doing now, a podcast is a marketing tool. Every time you show in, up in front of somebody, um, you know, Google ads, marketing platforms, um, video. video marketing platforms, website marketing platform, all your social media, you know, marketing platforms, your brand is what that marketing, what you put in that marketing, right? So any of those vehicles are platforms to put a message to your ideal customer. Your brand is that message and image that you put out there. So you gotta, you have to build and establish uh, 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 your brand right off on the first day, and this is the way you're going to go, and you're going and point that at your ideal customers. Because what we run into nowadays is like Wix is a great website builder, right? I don't know if you're right. familiar. Wix is yep, they're fantastic. Yep. Yeah, fantastic, right? They got user-friendly websites, great way for entrepreneurs to start off, especially, you know, dealing with low funds and they got to decide where they're going to spend their money. Great way to do it. But if you go to Wix, Wix will say, we'll help you build your brand. No, they don't. They help you build a website. And then you put right. your website on, the, your brand on that website, you see. And in the marketplace, there's a lot of people talking that way. Oh, you know, uh, write a book. It will help you build your brand. No, you won't. That's not building a brand. That's writing a book yeah. that promotes yeah. your brand. <laughs> so, you know, there's very few of us actually in the space that actually build brands that actually spend time with our, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with our customers. We go through 77 different criteria when we're dealing with our customers to make sure that they know what their brand is. And in that process, it really helps them become what we talked about earlier, focused, focused on that one most important thing, committed to it. And that's where your success lies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, nice. And I just want to ask, like, how do you know if your brand is helping you or hurting you? Because, you know, having a brand itself, it, it's it's really great. If, let's say, you are your SEO, you, you are being searched on Google, and then the next moment, wow, page one, you're already... I have a lot of fun articles and all this other stuff, right? So mm -hmm. how, how, how do we know that if it's helping or hurting? Sure. Okay. Okay. So, so I'll cover that, how you know it's helping you because that's the fun okay. part, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's helping you when at least 75% of the customers that you're attracting on a regular basis are your ideal customers, right? So that, that tells you, I've got this pointed in the right direction. I'm attracting the people I want to attract. You know it's working if people refer to, you, to your brand identifier when they meet you, right? So, right. so for instance, a brand identifier, for those of you who are not familiar with this term, we coined it, is really just a tagline or a slogan that determines the tone and direction for your brand. In other words, what do you want to be known for, Right. We, we're both known as branding agents to business stars in the branding world, right? In the right. real estate world, Michael is known as the abundant life broker because he wants to make sure that all of his agents and all of his clients have the most abundant life possible and he's there to help them achieve those goals, right? So right. when people start referring to you that way, whether it's kind of like poking fun at you, it's like, oh, you have an abundance of whatever, right? And Michael will just smile and say, yep, it's working, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so another way is your prospects show up actually ready to work with you. Like they can't wait to get to that meeting where they're going to talk about the possibility of actually working with you. So they show up ready. Another way is you know exactly what to say in your marketing because a lot of people end up like deer in the headlights, right? when yep. it comes to, okay, I need to do some marketing over here. I'm going to be interviewed for this magazine or I have a, um, a, you know, a Facebook ad going out and what do I put on that thing, right? If you're branded properly, you know exactly what to put on it, right? You know exactly what to right. put in all of your marketing. You know what to post every day when you wake up because you have, the brand provides those guardrails, if you will, that says go this way and here's all these things you can do with this direction. 
And then finally, you know it's working when your marketing actually gets results. So, so those are the ways that you know it's your brand is actually helping you. And I'll let Michael cover the the bad part. You can deliver the bad news, Michael. How you know it's hurting you? <laughs> you see how I did that, Rayson? I like that. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll deliver the bad news. <laughs> so so yep. it's, it's like you are the you are the good cop, and then he is the bad cop. That's bad right. Cop, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you brand you know your brand's hurting you, right? If it number one, it takes you too long to tell everybody what you do. If you feel like you cannot express in in a very clear two sentences what you do for people, then it, your brand's hurting you. If you're not mentioning a specific type of customer in your marketing, then your brand's hurting you because you need to call on the people that you're wanting to do business with and tell them what you want to do. People recognize you only for your profession. That's very big. Like in real estate business, there's a lot of real estate agents. There's 2 million in the United States alone. Um, right. You know, everybody knows 10 realtors. So if you say, hey, I'm Michael, I'm in the real estate business, everybody's like, so? <laughs> you tell them I'm Michael and I'm America's top selling real estate auctioneer. They'll go, what does that mean? And now you got a conversation going. Okay. Uh, right. You know that it's hurting you if you're attracting prospects who ghost you, who waste your time, who don't respect your knowledge. You know, you get on a call with them. You, you know, they tell you right off the bat, I'm not buying. They don't, there's no buying, you know, words or, you know, you know that there's no pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. Mm-hmm. then you're putting out the wrong message. Your, your brand is hurting you. If you're getting too little results from your marketing, that is big. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like I've been in this game now and I can tell you in my company exactly where all of our leads come from and exactly what marketing works and doesn't work. And it, it took the brand to be able to figure that out. I've, I've been in business for 31 years now. And so in that 31 years, I made a lot of mistakes. But since Tanya taught me how to build a brand and point that brand messaging toward my ideal customer, now there's a lot of things that I don't spend money on that my competitors spend money on. And yet my company continues to grow every year, year over year over year, because I can track exactly what works. So if you can't do that, you know your brand's not dialed in. It's not working for you. And if if people forget what you do, like if you get them on the phone and they're like, "What do you do again? Why are we? <laughs> Why are we your, talking?" Your brand did not precede you like it needed to <laughs> right. uh, to be helping yeah. you rather than hurting you. True. Yeah. True. True. I agree. I mean, like when you are on the phone trying to sell something to your um, your customer and and then um, your potential lead. And then he was like, uh, he's, he's like showing disinterest. Yeah, that's definitely hurting you as well, in, in a sense. And wow, I really love how you actually said about, you know, how the brand itself is actually helping you and hurting you in terms of all these uh, things that you have mentioned. And I, I'm just curious, right? Like, then how, how do you ensure that your brand is helping you and not hurting you? Because you already know that all these things are actually gonna hurt you so how how do you manage to turn it around and let it help you instead yeah well you actually just take your time and build it the right way so we have a very simple formula that we created we call it the 3d freedom formula and that's mm, because okay. with the right brand, it gives you the freedom to do business the way you want to with the people you want to do it with, right? And so right. the 3D formula really is super simple, race, and it's define, define your okay. ideal clients and define your point of differentiation, what's unique about you in this space, right? And then second, develop the brand, meaning develop all these different branding elements that you will need to inject into your marketing, develop your brand colors, your logo, most importantly, your brand messaging, like your story. What is it that, you know, how, how do you articulate, you know, what it is you stand for? And we do that through answering five critical questions. So those are, are who do you serve? How do you serve them? What qualifies you to serve them? How does it make their life better? And what makes you different from everyone else also trying to serve that same customer? Okay, so we've got 
in the development phase, again, we've got the brand messaging that answers all those questions. We've got the brand imagery that includes your photos of you, your logo, your colors, background images, things like that. So those are like the puzzle pieces, right? And then right. you move the final phase is just display. And you display those correctly and consistently literally everywhere. Consistency is Michael's thing. He's all about it. <laughs> he knows. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. yeah, he is. You got to be consistent. You have to be consistent in what you do. Yeah. It take in this world, it's so many things take our attention away from us, right? Uh, every human right. on earth, uh, technology is uh, wonderful when it's good, when it's doing the good things and it's terrible the rest of the time. It is like a t constant distraction to us. Right. Um, and so your clients are no different and your message has to be dialed in. It has to be clear and concise, and it has to be constant. And by doing so, you'll find that people are, it, it registers to them. It's like a voice way off, way off, and it's getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And then one day they remember what you do and they call upon you for service. And that's really how you have to do it. You know, we, we know that it, the 7, 11, and 21 rules, seven times people have to hear your name before they even start to remember it. Eleven times they have to uh, hear it before they associate your name with what you do and 21 times before they do business with you. Uh, and mm -hmm. those laws, I didn't write them. Those are in immutable laws of marketing. And that book's like, what, 30 years old so or older. Oh, yeah. Whoa, yeah. okay. Well, mm -hmm. I love I love this seven. Uh, I would say 21 laws. And what, what's the title of the book, by the way? Uh, it's the 20, 21 Immutable, 21 laws, of immutable laws of Marketing. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Who, uh, who is the author? Uh, Jack, uh, let's see, Al Reese, R-E-I-S, yeah. and yeah. Jack Trout, T-R-O-U-T. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Great okay, book. nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's okay, a great we'll, book. we'll check that out. We'll mm -hmm. definitely check that out. And for those of you who are tuning in, if you're interested you can also go and check it out check this book out uh it, it sounds really intriguing and really amazing uh well and it's 30 30 years old and and all right so wow love it love mm -hmm. it um okay well and and you know you you've actually uh helped me um answer some of the questions that, that i wanted to ask and of course you know just now you actually said something about wanting to define our uh, target audience and, and all. So can you share with us like, what are the steps that we need to do in order to define our target audience, especially for those who are new in the, in their, in the respective industry? Sure. Sure. Uh, actually, we created um, something we call the HEAP code, and, and we'll share that with you. The HEAP code is an acronym, H-E-A-P. Um, oh. you, you can think of it as you get a whole heap of business this way mm -hmm. if you just do it this way, right? So, right. so uh, you know, I'll explain, you know, what the H in the acronym stands for. First of all, when you're trying to figure out who your ideal customer is, you start with the H, and that is who can you help H-E-L-P. Who can you help? Uh, okay. And that is, you know, have you been there and done that before? So you know how it happens. You know how to fix problems. You know what those problems are and you can help that person. Are you in the same life phase as that person? And you just understand where they are so you can teach them something that you know. Can you truly help that person in some way? And that's what the H stands for. Okay. And the E is somebody you enjoy working with. Mm. And, and I'd like to say before we finish these out, like, uh, Rachel, for your listeners, even if you haven't started your entrepreneurial journey, right. even if you haven't, if, you, if you're like, well, I, I haven't done anything yet, so I don't have these customers, you want to imagine based on people that you already know. Okay. So the H okay. is somebody you help. The E is somebody you enjoy working with. Right. Um, now, if you've been in business for a while, look back at the people that you've most enjoyed doing business with, because that's going to be a very uh, important to your as you're identifying your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. and, and to Michael's point, if you haven't been doing that for a little while and you really don't know, most people think, well, I can't build a brand because I need two or three years in this business before I even know who I want to work with. Well, that's nonsense. Right. right? right. You know who, what type of person you want to work with, even if it's just down to the personality attributes. Right. And the best way to predict the future is to create it. 
So build mm-hmm. the brand that you want, right? So the H is help, E is enjoy, A is someone who appreciates what you bring to the table. So it's not enough to just work with somebody you can help and somebody that you enjoy working with, but how much do they appreciate what you're doing for them? Because that will tell you exactly how many people they're going to introduce you to. Mm-hmm. And, and talk very nicely about you and say, hey, what they do is so fantastic. I really think that you should work with them or give you a great review. Any of those things, you know, that appreciation where, goes a long way. It's akin to respect. It really is. That's where your referrals come from. Mm-hmm. When people when you when you are down into the people that appreciate what you do, they're the ones that give you referrals and, and they don't ghost you. Yeah, they are the ones <laughs> you really need. And then the P is profitable. You know that you you yeah. the, you have to be profitable. They they we, none of us can do this for free. Um, everybody should yeah. get paid, um, and and there's plenty to go around. And so you got to think about who is it that would pay me for this great service that I provide, whatever that is. And um, and and don't feel guilty about that. People, profit's not a bad word. It's a good word. Yeah, it is. I mean, like businesses should profit, unless if even if you are. A, a non-profit organization you also want to have funds coming in so that you can give out to the poor and to whoever that you are doing charity for in a sense right yes so, you still yeah. have to have lights on and yes you still have expenses yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. well I love it i love your heap you have to help you have to enjoy this uh you know helping these people and 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 also at the same time these people who really appreciate you and also it has to be profitable wow love it love this heap so for those of you who are tuning in can apply this heap into your business into your and into your branding as well i'm pretty sure you will actually get some i would say pretty good results from there as well and i would like to ask you right because you know the um, title for tonight is actually five critical elements missing from 90% of personal brands. So can you tell us more, what are the five critical elements that are missing from 90% of personal brands? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so one is a different and compelling story, right? It's kind of like, think about the stories we told today, right? Michael at seven right. years old knew he wanted to be an auctioneer and an an entrepreneur, right? I knew from a very young age from selling vacuum cleaners door to door and then going into the media world that if I wanted to change the way people saw me, I had to change the way I presented myself. And so that is pretty compelling to somebody because it shows that we're passionate. of personal brands are really missing is a dip and compelling story. Mm-hmm. And uh, number two is a strong brand identifier that you really need a good, strong brand identifier that stops people and makes them look for a second to do further investigation about you. Yeah. Very important. Third is a purposeful and professional photo shoot. So anybody can oh. go get a professional photo shoot, right? But right. purposeful is the key word here mm-hmm. because the first thing people do when either they're starting in a new, you know, um, a new endeavor or they've been in it for a long time and they think, wow, I need to rebrand or build a brand for the first time. You know, there are people that have been in business 30, 35 years and have never really built their brand. So we mm-hmm. do, we work with them all the time. So, purpose well, a lot of times when they decide to do that they go straight for the photo shoot and have some nice photos taken but you have to ask yourself what kind of photos should they be taking how what kind of image are you trying to portray with those photos is it serious is it approachable is it you know fun loving is it and and what kind of poses come with that what do you wear that indicates kind of the type of uh, ideal customer you're trying to attract. There's a lot that goes into that that people just don't think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number four is unrelenting consistency. You yeah. must be consistent with these things. Yeah. You have to do it day right. in, day out, every day, constant. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth one is an outside vantage point. Because if you think about it, it's really hard to read the label when you're the one inside the jar. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. having somebody else look at it and say, hey, I know you're thinking this, but this is the direction that makes the most sense for you to go. And especially people like us that have been doing this for decades, right? To give you that outside perspective, I think is a big, big uh, deal. And a lot of people miss out on that. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I agree. Oh, wow, I love this five, and uh, you know, especially the 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 one that um, Michael has actually mentioned. I would say the the resiliency and, of course, at the same time, the uh, consistency in doing what you love and keep on going, um, even when. You know, the, the funds are getting lower a little and customers are rejecting you and things like that. I'm pretty sure, you know, as long as you are relentless and you are committed to do whatever you want and you're consistent, then all the more you will actually reach that epitome of success that you always wanted. Or, or I would say even if let's say you're not chasing success, but you are more or less getting more clients for yourselves and more more clients for your business, then I'm pretty sure that that is something that you need in in order to thrive in in your business. And yeah. and wow, love it. And uh, I like to ask you, right? What's the number one way to attain freedom while growing a recognizable brand? Well, really, if you if you build that brand to create that future that you want, right? Mm -hmm. And you just follow that, follow the brand path it's going to create the freedom that you want mm -hmm. because it's thoughtful, right? A lot of people think a brand is just a simple logo, photo, and a tagline. Oh, I've got those. I'm good. I've got my brand, right? Yep. But a brand is a lot more than that. There's so much thought go that goes into it. As Michael said, we look at 77 different criteria. But if you do that, if you build it the right way in the beginning and you follow the path, there will be a path to freedom because it, it it's unavoidable. Yeah. Yeah, Tanya said the best way to predict the future is to create it. And you do that by right. building the brand you want. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you on that. And it's just like my podcast and, and your podcast as well. You have a lot of amazing guests coming on board. And hopefully one day I can be on your podcast as well. We would um, love that. Yes, and, yes, consider yourself invited right now, Rayson. You're you are welcome to be on our podcast. Well, <laughs> we <would> love it. <laughs> uh, well I, I mean, like uh, it, it took you quite some time to actually build your podcast and and get it out and get more people to come in to to be interviewed, other than people from Podmatch as well. Some of the guys that I know that are also on your podcast as well, like Jeremy Delk. And, and so many other amazing pips as well. Wow, yep. love it. I mean, like, uh, well, uh, like, like just now you mentioned, I, I, I would definitely be, you know, uh, I would say excited to be part of your, your podcast as well. And, um, you know, let, let's not talk about this for, for the, uh, probably after the whole podcast, then we'll talk more about that. Uh, it, it, because it's giving me more excitement and I, I, I do not want to like overshoot the time for the podcast. But uh, uh, wow, I, I actually love what you have mentioned about how, you know, you once you actually make it more purposeful and, and you know that uh, you're actually going towards, you're actually going towards a, the, 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 the freedom uh, once you have that purpose of, of your brand as well. Because if you are, if you are clueless, then all the more <laughs> it will be... It, it won't have that freedom. It will be very messy for you. And mm -hmm. and I definitely agree with you on what you have mentioned earlier on for that as well. And now, as we are coming to the end of the podcast, I have one last question for you guys. And that is this. Imagine this, Michael and Tonya. You suddenly lose everything. Your money, your name, your reputation. So what will you do from day one to day 30 to save yourself? Great question. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> a really great question. So I'm assuming I haven't lost my, uh, in my skills, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So, so knowing what I know, and I think this is probably a great lesson for people. If you get there once you can do it again. Right. So, mm -hmm. so, I would, 
I would take my own advice, I would hope that I would take my own advice and say, okay, I got nothing now. What do I really want? Let me define that. Let me develop that. Let me put it out there in the world because what you put out into the universe is what you get back. So um, I would like, I would probably like to think that I would be a writer, like a, a, like that's what I would focus most of my time on. So I would probably position and brand myself as a legacy writer, somebody that writes memoirs and biographies for people. That's probably mm. what I would do. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, mm. cool. Mm. How about Michael? Well, uh, I've, I've always said that uh, no matter what happened, period, in my life, um, the next day I'd go to work. Uh, so I, 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 I pray every day that goes without saying, but I would work, I'd go to work the next day, uh, probably like Tanya said, just rebuilding that, that has crumbled, uh, out from under me. And, um, just because I find the, I find the great joy in accomplishment, not necessarily in some journey, um, you know, some destination that I'm trying to get to. To me, there's no retirement. There's no, I'm going to do this for a while and quit. There's no, hey, I've made enough money now. I'm not going to do anything. So at my core, I wouldn't act any different. If I lost it all tomorrow, I just get up tomorrow morning and go to work and start again uh, because I, I find I find the joy in the journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd probably sell something. Because I, when I, you know, when I was in the fourth, uh, fifth grade, I, I remember I bought this mechanical pencil. I begged my mom to front me the money because uh, I did have it at home. Uh, it cost three dollars and like fifteen cents, something like that. I paid her to four dollars when I got home, and I sold that mechanical pencil the next day to the kid that sat beside me in fifth grade for eleven dollars. And I knew then I would sell stuff for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! Eleven bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it would have been more, but that's all he had in his pocket. <laughs> wow, this shows that 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 kid must be be from a quite well-to-do family. <laughs> yes, I still know him, and he's quite wealthy. Yes, <laughs> I need to go awesome. find him and sell him some more pencils. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, now, now it's different ball game. You need to sell him more real estate now. Right. Exactly. It's <laughs> true. I'll sell him a pencil factory. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Is there can, one in Singapore, Bryson? Find one for us over there. We'll sell him one in Singapore. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But, uh, of course, uh, Singapore, the, uh, the the buildings over here is pretty expensive as well. Uh, I'll rather you go to uh, places like Cambodia or Vietnam or Indonesia <laughs> or even China. It will be cheaper over there. But, yeah. uh, of course, um, wow, <laughs> love it, love it. Um, okay, cool, nice. Uh, I mean, like, uh, wow, really enjoyed our conversation and I really um, love all the golden nuggets that you have dropped, all the value bombs that you have dropped in here as well. And just want to ask for my audience, where can they find you on social media? If let's say they are interested to get to know more about brand face and how they can actually get access to your uh, consultancy or coaching kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So brandfacestar.com is our website. And it's also our handle on all social platforms at brandfacestar. Ah, nice. Okay. Wow. Amazing. So uh, for those of you who are tuning in, not just from Singapore, America, I can see some of you from Africa as well that are tuning in. Um uh, I hope you enjoyed the whole podcast episode and stay tuned for the next episode because we'll bring in more amazing people like Michael and Tonya themselves onto the podcast to share a lot of value bombs with you guys, not just in, ter not just, uh, in terms of personal branding, but can be sales, can be entrepreneurship, anything that got, got to do with entrepreneurship these people are coming real soon into the podcast. Well, with that, I would like to thank everyone again and thank you, Tonya and Michael, for the amazing conversation that we have. And 
see you guys real soon. Okay, take care. Thank you, Rayson. God bless. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Regacy Show. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has brought you to an epiphany where you realize that this is where you want to go and this is what you want to do. So I hope you will continue to support and also at the same time like, comment, and share this episodes out to your people to your family your friends and not forgetting that we have just created a telegram group it's called the Regacy show family so you can go and check it out and let us know how you find this group is serving you all right so with that i would like to thank you once again see you and stay tuned for another episode of the Regacy show